Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Our Title Was Taken. Before I get into anything, I'm just going to apologise sincerely <laughs> for last week's outro. It will never happen again. By that, I just want to clarify that he means he absolutely messed up English and he could barely speak, so you know. But um... If you haven't heard it, then don't listen to it, please. Please. Uh, so anyway... This is going to be a finance episode led by me, Zane, and the title is "Can We?" or sorry, "How to Predict the Future." So, in front of me, <laughs> I have a geography <laughs> textbook. Why do you have a geography textbook, Zane? Where what are, are we doing? going with this? I'm so confused. So, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Bro, uh, if it's a, about geology, I don't know. Well, it's, my friend. Well, it's it's about geography. Uh, Shao was in my geography class, so he remembers how. Shao, you took yeah. A level geography. Oh. Oh, okay, okay. GCSE, GCSE. Okay. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. GCSE. I'd be worried if. You uh, did. But I'm. <laughs> but I'd I'm, be worried if I did. But I'm gonna ask you guys: Is climate change an important issue, and should humans be stopping yes. it? In effect. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. What kind of question is that? That feels like a trick question. So it is. I'm actually that is open. A trick question, right? I mean, like I didn't. Well, kind of. I'm open on a page that talks about the natural causes of climate change, and apparently, at this moment in time, the temperature's meant to rise anyway. Yeah, oh, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but the reason why it's not at the rate that it is rising at. is because of us. Or, what, the what, the reason why it's rising is because of us. Although I know for a fact that in COVID, because like factories have stopped working as much, I think the temperature did decrease in March it did. or like something in March, like that. The pollution got much better. Yeah, yeah something like that. Mm. But um, well, this isn't an episode about climate change, so <laughs> just this is <laughs> this was just a way of explaining or demonstrating confirmation bias, and it's not perfect, but I think it's the best one that I could come up with. So, the idea is that you hear about climate change and humans talking about how we've had such a big impact on the environment that you could say to confirm that you forget about the natural causes. Right. It's not perfect, but no, it's just yeah. an example. But, so, conf- well, I mean, okay. All right, go on. Okay, no, that's fine. <laughs> right. Let's not bring up GCSE geography. Just cut this bill. <laughs> Let's not talk about GCSE geography anymore. Yeah, I barely scraped through that. I can't <laughs> believe that I got the grade I did. So, uh, how is confirmation bias? Uh, how is it? Why is it important in data science? In the past, uh, bef- or do or do you guys want to guess? Yeah, how it's important? I have a quite. I have a, I have a guess. If that's okay. All right. Yeah. So um, actually, I I know for a fact that, and I, I'm sure that I'm guilty of it too, that if I read, if I think something could be true, and then I read in an article by someone that it, that it is true, and they believe it in the same way, or they say it's true at least, then I'm more likely to uh, believe that and just disregard the other point of view. Especially when I'm trying to prove my, like, for example, like I try and prove my mum wrong. Oh, so you, so you like works, go out of your way to find example, an article that supports your view? Well, yeah, but don't, I I don't admit that, but yes. (laughs) So for example, like there might be 10 articles saying that that's wrong. But then if there's one article saying that I'm right, for some reason, I will still regard that one article's point of view a lot more highly than the other 10. Was that the most important one? Yeah. Yeah. So confirmation bias is pretty much what Sidan said, really, where basically you try and prove 
what you think is right without any regard for the other side of it. Uh, before I get into it, what do you guys know about data science and data modeling? If anything. Basically nothing. I think... Is it basically... I think Wait, that... Um, the extent to which I know is that um, nowadays we use especially sort of um, computers and machine learning and stuff and basically um, we build these machine learning models, input as much sort of relevant information as possible and then we're basically teaching these sort of AI models um, based on whatever inputs and the outcome that we want and then over time like it basically gets better at doing that in like very layman terms it just gets better at like predicting what's going to happen or like learning something okay Kushal wait the qu- it was about like a data, data modeling model, or right? anything about data science you know yeah so like I was looking when I was researching this episode I was looking into like more the finance stuff and it was basically saying how it was collecting loads of like historical data and all compiling that into a sort of maybe like software or something to give like an accurate prediction or make just a model sh- showing what could possibly happen um, in the future with whatever you're spending. Or, like, yeah, your so that's the basics on how data scientists, data analysts, actuaries and other, and other professions basically build a model to predict what happens in the future. So under certain conditions, what would happen to a particular variable such as, I don't know, cash flow of a company or profits. Um, so yeah, they look at past data and they build a model. A model is, you could say it's an equation uh, where basically you put in a few numbers and you get another number out. And like Shao said, you test it and you adjust the model accordingly. And obviously machine learning, it tests and adjusts itself. Uh, but now I'm going to talk about how it's changed from the past. Uh, Shal, you talked about machine learning. Do you know anything about the differences between the past and the future in data science? Um, I don't know much about the past in terms of like data science and machine learning and stuff, but I do know sort of about it now and the prospects into the future. So um, I think it's something that actually was only a relatively recent thing that we were able to do because it requires so much like computational power to because what you're basically doing is teaching computers and like getting computers to teach themselves which is a pretty sort of demanding task to do um and like but i think even though it's a relatively new thing it's definitely sort of exploded and there are like a bunch of different like methods that are constantly developing and it's I think it has a very, very promising future in not just sort of finance, but it's being implemented in like almost anything. Like I think the most, if, you, if you're interested in it, the most like uh, popular one to look into is OpenAI by Google, which is doing like insane things. Okay. Um, you're right, yeah. Uh, AI is used a lot more than it was in the past. But the main difference between the past and the future or the past and the present is that you've got a lot more data and obviously machine learn machines have got a lot more computational power they can find patterns this is where confirmation bias comes in and overall biases in the human brain you find patterns in almost anything and half the time they're imaginary for example there's a tree outside my window that looks like a brain but that's just a confirmation bias i guess you could say 
computers only look at the more logics, the logistics part of it. I came across uh, an idea in data science where you can't use the same data point for inspiration and rigor. What do you guys think that means? Wait, so you can't use the same data point for inspiration what, what was it? Ins- and rigor. What do you mean by I'm rigor? I'm not too sure rigor, about that one. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm confused on. I'm trying not to give it away, but I'll just say, uh, all right, testing. I guess that's mm. the way of saying it. I know there's a um, a famous quote by some dude um, along the lines of some dude, some <laughs> some old white dude um, along the lines of when um, As you oh can god see I forgot what it was it's podcast we are very precise <laughs> in everything we do it's something along the lines of when a um, when a measure of performance becomes a target then it ceases to be a good measure of performance or something along those lines so maybe it's like I guess that's the same with testing. So exams and stuff were initially sort of implemented as a way to test your intelligence. But so you'd be you'd be intelligent first, basically, and then tests would show whether or not like how intelligent you are compared to someone else. Whereas now, because examinations are so like widespread, um, exams are like the target and no longer like it's the reason to be intelligent in a way. And so it's no longer a good test of intelligence i'm kind of butchering it but it's a similar idea to that i guess uh could you just explain that again so i didn't quite understand it oh wait do you want to explain what you're talking about i'll try to look up the exact quote um, all right uh as you explain inspiration and rigor it's basically hypothesis testing you can't use one data point to find a hypothesis and test it oh right so so for example if you have a mock exam you can't use the same exam to test uh how well how much you know on it because you you know you're going to cheat on it and you're already going to know the answers uh similarly i've got the tree that looks like a brain outside my window i can form the hypothesis that all trees look like brains but i can't use the same point to prove that all trees look like brains i have to use a different one Oh wait! So oh wait! So like so like with your example, you can't use that tree. You you, you have to use like, oh, I see. yeah. It's like, like the black mm-hmm. swan, white swan thing that you know. There's only black swans in the world. Well, the only way to really truly prove if that's correct or not is to find a swan that's not white. Yeah. Because you can find tons of white swans. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's okay, fairly common sense, wrong. but it's a really important idea mm. in data science, and Great. a way of doing this, uh, of making sure that you don't use the same data point is by splitting data in two. I read about this and basically you give, you analyze one half and you leave the other half alone. Right. And you know, obviously you take precautions such as you give it to other people who are unbiased and all, etc. But if they can find some sort of pattern, then you look at the other half to see if the pattern is there as well. So you look right, at one right. half for the inspiration, you look at the other half for the rigor. And then once you found these patterns, basically you can make a graph or you can make an equation or something else like that. Right. But in the past, in the 20th century specifically, they do this all by hand. They wouldn't have that many data points. Machine learning does this itself. Because when he, because even in the 20th century, you try and take precautions, but people would still be biased. Mm. But machines are never biased. They're purely driven by maths and logic and uh 
they teach themselves how to do it by machine learning. Do any, do any of you know how machine learning actually works? Uh, not entirely, no. Not exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Shao does. Ki- I think, so I'm actually really interested in, interested in sort of computer science and that sort of side of things. Mm. So um, the thing is, do you want me to explain or... Um, yeah, go on, explain. So I know that there are like a, like a lot of different sort of modeling systems and stuff. Um, I guess the most basic of it would be that um, you're basically um, giving this computer a set of parameters and um, let's say I'm giving it pictures and I want the computer to tell me whether um, the picture has a face or not. So what you would do is you'd have like a lot of pictures basically and label them whether they have a face or not, right? And then if you f- you feed that into the computer and then the computer will basically um, look for patterns between um, which pictures have faces and which pictures don't have faces. And right. then from there, it will... It's something called like neural networks, which it will build. So it's basically like building its own brain, if that makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, it just, it's a very sort of complicated process where it just sees, um, it tries to figure out like a pattern between them. And then once that's done, then, and like it's learned from that sort of training data set, then you can give it pictures that it hasn't seen before and hasn't been trained on. And then it will try to do the same with like those other pictures. Yeah, so that's one type of machine learning, uh, as Charles said, neural networks. Uh, really quickly, there's another type called reinforced learning, which is actually a lot more common, uh, at least as far as I know, where basically you reward a the machine in some way for doing for correctly guessing, you could say, and sort of punish it for not doing it correctly. So built. So I saw an example where. Uh, the machine has is shown a picture of an animal and then it has to say whether it's a dog or it's not a dog. So the way it would work is that initially it would work randomly and it would be random dog or not dog. Uh, and then as time goes on, it would increase the probability of it being a dog if, you know, for example, it t- detects ears or detects four legs or a tail or something. Uh, it's a complex process, uh, and it varies from uh, varies based on the context. But uh, yeah, so that is how to predict the future using AI. I th- I think it's also worth mentioning. I believe that um, neural networks and reinforcement learning aren't actually they're two different sort of methods that can be used simultaneously. So you can use reinforcement learning to build a neural network. They're not exactly like opposites, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's yeah. I think yeah. machine learning and stuff. It's very complicated, but it's on the forefront of like computer science. So if you're if you're interested and you get into it early, like there're almost definitely gonna be like countless very secure jobs in the future based on machine learning. Yeah, machine learning is only gonna increase. Really. I think, especially with positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement, that's actually not just machine learning. I think that also happens in real life with people as well, like children. Yeah, well, well like, I feel like that's like how you yeah, teach yeah, yeah. most and people. Children and 
But it's like if 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 they do something like yeah, they yeah. are wanting them to do, it's you you give you give them something, especially with like just, uh, like uh, yeah. when you're with your pets. It's like if you're trying to teach them something, you give a them treat. like a reward or something. If they don't, if you if they don't, you just like you get you can get annoyed at them or something. Cool. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening into this week's episode where we talked about how to t- tell the future, especially through machine learning and different financial methods. Um, I, we hope you learned something. We hope you enjoyed that episode. And we would like to say thank you for um, tuning in. Uh, please keep an eye out on our Instagram at uh, O2WC Podcast, uh, where, we can fi- where you can find more details about upcoming episodes and events. And if you'd like to talk to us, please drop us a DM. Um, Other than that, see you guys next week.